Welcome one and all to episode 18 of the Scum and Villainy podcast, a weekly Star Wars podcast where we break down the latest and the greatest in Star Wars news. I am your host, Garrett McDowell, and in my co-pilot seat from a long ways away. It's a big cockpit. Yeah. He's all the way in Indiana. I'm all the way in California. Mr. Noah to George, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing okay. It's it's really weird being in this like kind of familiar state where we had to record remotely, but also it's not familiar because you're three time zones away. I'm quite far away and we're going to have to get used to this uh, weird scheduling thing where it's like, okay, what time are you going to? Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it'll be like lunchtime for me. Okay. And then we're like, oh yeah, yeah, actually that works. Oh wait, no. Uh, it's, it's seven o'clock here. It's only four yeah. o'clock there. I'm just glad that the Disney Plus shows are moving to Wednesday. We come out on Friday. We'll have plenty of time to cover stuff. We also, don't have to do this like weird, okay, I have to get up at whatever o'clock. Noah has to. I was going to say, like, yeah, not to mention, <laughs> you will now have things available at midnight. Where, I know, honestly. Uh, where I still so have things. <laughs> I have things available at, hmm, let me check that watch, 3 a.m. Yeah, I'm so thrilled that I can just like, yeah, I'll stay up a, an hour or so more to watch the new Mandalorian, whereas before it was like, oh my God, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. Yeah, I can't even <laughs> tell you the number of times that like, even without just Star Wars stuff, if like something came out at midnight and I, and like we were all like, oh, we got to watch it. And I'm like, after when it's four o'clock in the morning and I was like, that was not worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially when like the episodes are quite short. So you're staying up like three to four hours longer than you normally would for like a 25 minute episode. <laughs> right. That's why that's why watching Bad Batch Friday morning is like oh so good. Yeah, I uh that's the reason that I, I, I started watching uh The West Wing is because I was like I wanted to watch the show for one, but I was also like, well. I've got some more time to kill. Might as well just like start watching a TV show. And if I, you know, start watching it at midnight, I get like three good episodes of the West Wing in. Then I, but now who's, when am I going to find the time for the West Wing? Never. After the Mandalorian? Or after, yeah, you could could still stay up until three and watch the West Wing. (laughs) Guys, I got to watch the West Wing. You're like, (laughs) why? And you're like, 20 year old show. Because. (laughs) I don't want to get spoiled for me. Uh, but we have a lot to discuss today that is not related to the West Wing. We actually have so much news. We've got oh, some man. breaking news fresh out of the oven. Get your oven mitts. Uh, we've got a new trailer for Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales. Uh, some more tales, but this time from Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Last Call. We've also got some new collectibles from Hasbro Star Wars fan first. And to cap it all off, we will discuss the future of Star Wars. Is it on the big screen or the smaller it screen the big the, one or the small one who, depends who, who, on what size tv you own you'll hear it here first guys we're gonna de- decide what it was i'm just glad it's not like those tvs that i had when i was a kid with the big butt on them you oh know? my goodness they're so fat they just remember, got a like, monster moving dumper those, moving some of those into my living room like when i was a young man it's like you gotta get like a whole dolly it's just like it, humongous it takes also it doesn't room. it doesn't just fit against the wall you know no, it's like you got to because you have to have room for the cords and everything. You can't mount it on the wall. What are you insane? Kids like, these yeah. days, they'll never know. They'll never know. But we know. We well, know actually, that. we also have something else to talk about that popped up literally the minute that we were scheduling to record. That's right. We've got it fresh out of the oven. Uh, I literally was like, oh, all right, let me, let me dial in Noah. Oop, notification on my phone. New trailer for Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the remake. We've got a teaser trailer from this. This comes from 
today. Yeah. Today as in as in September 9th, 2021, the year of our Lord, uh, from PlayStation Showcase 2021. Now, the trailer didn't show really any gameplay. It's just kind of this short little CG cinematic, um, and you hear the voice of Bastila Sean, who is also voiced by Jennifer Hale, who is the same actor that uh, played this character in the original game, uh, the original voice actor. Uh, and she is discussing the Sith. And as she's doing so, one Mr. Hooded Darth Revan emerges from the smoky shadows, ignites his lightsaber, cut to black. Noah, what do you think of this small teaser trailer? Does it really get you teased? I, I'll say this. I struggle with like the older RPGs, but uh, if anybody who like has gotten into video games will know, Skyrim changed literally changed the game when it comes to RPGs in a way no that pun intended. Yeah, right. it, it makes me, it makes me a little bit more excited for this. Cause I remember when you and I busted out your old Xbox to play Knights of the old Republic. Um, yes. And we were kind of like, Oh my God, this is really, really slow. <laughs> it's very tedious. So to give the listener some background, I uh, still have my Xbox 360 and I had heard so much about this game and I was like, screw it. I didn't, I didn't play this game when I was a kid. I just didn't get, get around to it. Um, and I didn't think I had, I didn't have like an Xbox 360 when this game came out, I think. I think yeah. that, that was maybe the issue. Um, and so I was like, I'm an adult. I'm going to, I'm going to go buy this game, this like 15 year old game. So I went and bought it and I was like, oh boy, is this tedious. <laughs> it's, it's quite slow. Um, and I was confused. I was like, where am I supposed to go? And they're like, oh, that's the brilliance of the game. You don't really have to go anywhere. You can just explore the galaxy. And I was like, I, I kind of want to be on a little bit more rails here, go, <laughs> you know, go to a destination. But that's not to say that. If, if they gave this game a bit of a facelift, that I wouldn't be more enticed to play it. The problem is, I do not have a PlayStation 5. Neither so do I. That's a bit of a hiccup, but um, we don't really know if this game is going to be exclusively uh, for PlayStation. Um, we know that at launch, it will be an exclusive PlayStation game, but that's not to say maybe later on it'll be uh, coming out for Xbox or even PC. We don't really know. Um, but Noah, is this enough to finally encourage you to go out and buy a PlayStation 5, even though you just bought a PlayStation 4 like a month ago? Yeah, it's not. Unfortunately, I would say I don't imagine that it would only be for next-gen consoles because that seems a little bit insane. Maybe we'll get like a slightly downgraded version couple months after the release maybe it'll just be a wide release it's strange to me that it seems like this this teaser is saying that it's exclusive for playstation because um what's it called ea it like mm -hmm. has a huge deal with xbox you know so why why it would be i, I just i don't know i don't know maybe ea is not involved i thought i i thought that maybe like they would handle other Star Wars games, um, I guess I'm not completely certain, but I guess to the root of it, no, I will not be buying a PlayStation 5 just for the Knights of the Old Republic remake um, because mm -hmm. I can expect to see a bunch of videos on YouTube that are just the cinematics uh, like they always have been. You know how it is. 
Okay, so I'm, I'm reading here from Asper Media um, that it is also going to be out on PC. Okay, so, I mean, that makes sense. I'm, I'm also trying to see what company is behind it. It might be Asper, but I'm not entirely sure. Let me let me do some research. It says team the he- team here at Asper and Sony Interactive Entertainment, so which would be Sony. So I guess it's Asper that's making this game. I'm not quite familiar with their content. Are you? I'm not familiar at all, actually. Hmm. Interesting. Um. I will say this though. I I am curious to see what they're going to do in regards to keeping it, uh, kind of the the you know, turn based you know. Because uh, kind of this, the original game is this hybrid between this kind of turn-based decision-making thing, and then also like a real-time RPG. Um, and I'm curious to see if they're going to maybe ditch some of that or make it a bit more modern, uh, make it more of kind of this third-person RPG or something like that. Um, I'm. Do you think that they have a lot of room to manipulate with the formula here, um, tinker with the with the you know with the all, all the, the all the all cogs the and you know yeah, little yeah yeah tinker with the recipe I is the fully word I was believe for I forgot the word recipe okay I fully believe <laughs> that <laughs> this is an opportunity to update and refresh kind of that that recipe if you will yeah. um because it's not it's not a remaster you know it can't possibly be a remaster because that that thing is dusty. It is old. It is dusty. It's sitting somewhere it's in some dusty favorite. Right. It's a well, dusty favorite. People it's a like dusty it. favorite. But I don't think that it's just going to be like, wow, this is the, you know, the the remake where it's just everything the exactly the way I remember it. Um, no, it's certainly going to be more. I think playable is a harsh word, but mm-hmm. it's. The, I'll, I'll say this: the formula that it that it used to be, I don't think that works anymore for RPGs um, that are on major consoles. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I think that there is something to be said, and maybe you can speak into it because um, I didn't play Skyrim. I went to a friend's house when I was a kid and watched him play Skyrim, and was like, "Cool." And then that's that's the extent of my gameplay of Skyrim. But yeah, I am under the impression that with that game. Same with something like Red Dead Redemption. I think that that's maybe more of a, a practical example to where it's like a normal third person RPG kind of game, but you also have those decisions to where it impacts your, you know, fall to the, in the Red Dead, you can be more of an outlaw or more of like an upstanding citizen kind of thing. Right. I wonder if this game will lean into that more because i feel the most alluring part of the gameplay of the original one is that very um, aspect that you can be more of this light side character or more of this dark side character and really uh, emphasize the idea of choice which is such a star wars kind of idea Uh, and i would just prefer the game to be a bit more modern um, but also keep those roots of choice and the power of choice um, solidified because as someone who has heard so much about this game and the story. I would really love to be able to experience it and would hate for them to go through all the trouble of remaking this game just to make it look a bit prettier. Yeah. You know, especially with the PlayStation 5 and all the capabilities of that. I would hope that they would really dive in deep and make it, you know, still have those bones there, but really be a totally new experience. No, I I totally agree. I think it's it's it would be 
kind of a shock if that wasn't emphasized um, more in a in a modernization way, especially the like the attraction of something like Red Dead Two is the idea that you're playing a game with with nearly endless possibilities where your playing experience is not going to be the same as someone else's. Right. Um, and that idea was true with the original Knights of the Old Republic, and it's even more true now um, mm-hmm. with with newer games like Cyberpunk as well. I mean, obviously that's a little bit of a crash and burn, but sure. that that's a huge emphasis on on games nowadays. Is um, and then like I, I mean, I know you're familiar with the Assassin's Creed games, but um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey in particular um, is something that pretty much revolutionizes the outcome of the game based on based on every single choice you know what i mean sure yeah so yeah i I see that and i do think that that is being such a star wars theme like in the films and the television shows i it's no surprise that the video games are following suit but very excited to uh, keep tabs on this um as far as the trailer itself goes you know not a gameplay trailer it kind of maybe is uh, in speaks to how far they are in development for this game but nonetheless it's great to hear that they're working on it i know this has been rumored for quite a long time and hopefully it will do something to uh, feed the angry beast that is star wars legends fans yes they it, are starving it will <laughs> alleviate the mob that that no one likes to talk about in the star wars fandom and speaking of video games, Noah, we've got a new gameplay trailer for Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, Last Call. Now, uh, the article that I'm uh, kind of doing the story off of is from one Josh Adkins over at Star Wars News Net. It's a really in-depth article about not just everything in the trailer, uh, but some of the behind-the-scenes details and more. So, something that I didn't really know about this game is there are really a lot of other um, adventures and options and, and, and quests that one can go on when playing this game and really explore different eras, planets, all of these different things. Um, and this trailer goes into that. Uh, but I want to ask you, since we kind of had an idea of what this game was, it sounded almost kind of like, you know, in, very Indiana Jones where you're solving puzzles, trying to find ancient relics and things like that. Did this trailer do anything to get you more excited? Not necessarily to go out and buy an Oculus Quest, but to at least be like, cool, this is like, this seems like a really fun thing. And if I was to get an Oculus one day, this would be something that I'd pick up. Yeah, I think since the last time that we talked about it, my my views were kind of like, oh, I'll see where this goes. And, you know, I'd like to keep being interested in, and see what it's all about. And f- I think just based on this alone, it was a step in the right direction for me to be like, wow, that that does look interesting. And I will I'll keep an eye out for it. You know, I'm not like, yeah. oh my God, I need $300. Give me an Oculus now. <laughs> you know, I got to clear the, clear the furniture out. Got to yeah. put like little, those little baby proof th- knobs. I'm going to bubble wrap the all desks. the corners <laughs> of my desks. No, it, but I like the, I like the direction that it's headed because I'm like this. Yeah, this could be interesting. And then this happened and I was like, Oh my God, this is interesting, you know? Yeah, yeah. So one of the adventures here, uh, as we talked about, uh, is related to one Mr. Doc Undar, uh, who you can you can go meet yourself over at Black Spire Outpost at Batu. Um, hope would I hope to shake his hand one day. One hope day. Look him right. Look him right in his his big eyes and just say hello. I've I've talked about you on the internet. And he goes, <laughs> I'm a robot. I'm not a real person. Yeah, but he does still shake your hand. I hear. 
Oh, that's cool. Just, that's cool. Those just, Imagineers, yeah. man. <laughs> man, they've got, they've got, they thought of everything. So in this game, uh, it's a recruitment mission from Mr. Dakandar to explore some ancient ruins on Batu to recover an ancient artifact. Uh, the player will have to solve various puzzles and shoot ancient looking droids as they navigate the Sardavine chasm in the caverns of the moons. So just this mission specifically, is this the one that maybe piques your interest more than others or are your attention, uh, is your attention focused elsewhere uh, just in regards to this trailer? Um, I would say before we get into the other stuff, I think it's mostly elsewhere. Um, okay. However, I love the idea that this is, it, it's fleshing out the idea of that, that, I mean, we, we just watched the, you know, the whole bits about galaxy's edge and, and about sure. Batu specifically and the creation of Batu as more than just more than just a park. It's it's its own real canon world, you know, that that you right. want to immerse uh, a guest in. And it fleshes out this idea that there is that there is real Star Wars magic happening when you go to Galaxy's Edge. I think that's so fun. And I get that it's, you know, it's a little bit gamey and, you know, puzzles and and stuff like that it's you know it's cute and it works well with with the vr stuff so that makes sense it's not like you can make it you know a a full like game you know it's not going to be it's not going to be like oh it's uncharted but star wars and it's also vr like that's that's a huge step but i like i do like this idea that it's building out um, more of a story around the place that literally like you can go visit, you know? Yeah. And I think when you look at some of these VR games, there is so only so much that you can really do yeah. in order to emphasize VR itself. Like you're probably going to get some sort of gun or a lightsaber. That's probably, it seems very action based because you're moving your body and your arms and you want to be, who doesn't want to wield a lightsaber? I, with that being said though, the idea that you can kind of be, uh, this Indiana Jones-esque figure traveling the galaxy trying to find these artifacts is pretty cool to me. Yeah. Um, I will say that out of all of these, this is not the most intriguing one to me, but I do agree that I love the idea that there's so much more ancillary material that when you go to Batu, you can be like, oh, that's Vimarati. I read about her in this book or, oh, that's Doc Ondar. I played, I, you know, went on a mission in this game and it just makes that world feel so much more lived in, if that's even possible. Right. Uh, and that it just kind of further just, you know, uh, brings to life this world and makes it more tangible in a way. And I just think that that's, that's great. And I'm glad that people will be able to, you know, go to the reality of Batu and experience the virtual reality of Batu at home. <laughs> it's almost <laughs> it's almost a little ironic where it's like do you want to do you want to go to Galaxy's Edge and, and walk around Batu and then also do you want to buy an Oculus and also this game and pretend yeah. to walk around Batu but it's not like it's not like a Galaxy's Edge VR it's it's its own thing I get it. It reminds me when I was um on my way here to California um my sister and I went to the Grand Canyon and uh on the road to the Grand Canyon there's this IMAX theater and it says like it's literally like 35, 45 minutes away from the Grand Canyon. And it says the Grand Canyon experience. And I thought that that was the funniest thing. I'm just like, hey, man, it's right over there. You can just go. go. It's a, just like, go. Like, why do you need to see an IMAX? You can literally just go and yeah, see it with IMAX, your eyeballs. IMAX is for things that you 
that you physically can't experience. Like I remember when I was at Navy Pier, I went to an IMAX theater that was also like an Omni theater and the yeah, screen like was space. And yeah. Stuff, it was literally you know? like a galaxy thing. It was like a space thing. I was like, Oh, and then it was like also underwater. I was like, yeah, you're, it's not like I can be like, okay, let me like hop over to the shed aquarium and like, sure. you know, go deep sea diving. Like, no, that's what IMAX is for, you know, not for, you know, you take a trip up the road and it's like the <laughs> same thing you just saw in IMAX. Well, if you're looking for things to experience virtually, uh, look no further further than this other adventure that you can play with Last Call, uh, where you were discovering a secret First Order base far away from Black Spire Outpost. Uh, so this story involves infiltrating the First Order to take this base down with the help of Hondo, Anaka, uh, Lens, Camo, Mumbo, and R2-D2 and C-3PO. They're back. Wow, they're back. So they they always seem to be somewhere where when you need them. That's right. And you can you can be this little espionage mission, try to be quiet in virtual reality while you knock over your, you know, credenza or whatever. Right. Um, does this adventure get you a little more interested or less so or kind of ambivalent towards it? I'm gonna say that's that one's right in the middle for me. Mm-hmm. Um because I love the spy stuff, but I I do get taken out of video games where like things don't feel fully, um, I guess, fully under the control of the player where it's like, well, I could be a really, really good spy and then get this done where it's like inevitably, you know, something's going to go wrong. It has nothing to do with how good of a spy you are. And the only reason sure. I say this is because I'd make a pretty good spy. So, oh. you know, you could be one. I wouldn't even know. You'd it's true. <laughs> ha 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 ha. Um, don't joke about I, that, Garrett. <laughs> I will say, um, hearing about this mission in particular, I would be cautious to expect uh, almost kind of a escort mission with R2-D2 and C-3PO. Um, I feel like R2 would be helpful, but I could just see 3PO. I could, I could just see 3PO. Nice. Um, no, I could, I could, um, kind of anticipate C3PO just kind of bumbling his way around. Right. That's what I mean. Not yeah. To get shot. And you're like, oh, I got to protect him and, you know, do that kind of thing, which is, you know, considering this game, it seems like it has like four little mini games inside of it. Sure. You know, th- toss some recognizable characters in cool to see Hondo back. That guy is everywhere. Um, so I'll, sure. I'll say it. I'm Why a big not? fan of Hondo. Big Hondo guy. Yeah. You heard it here first, kids. That's my take. Hashtag, hashtag big Hondo guy. <laughs> Actually, don't look that up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe not. Uh, you got to turn the safe search on. Yeah. Um, another tale that you can uh, you can partake in is called the Bounty of Boggs Triff. And in this mission, the player will take control of none other than Mr. IG-88 and infiltrate an impregnable fortress on the moon of Narshada to hunt down the mobster Boggs Triff. So Noah, you get to be, I maybe not you, you don't have an Oculus, but one could potentially be IG-88 if they wanted to. We got to see an IG unit in action uh, in the Mandalorian. Uh, and we also got a little look at the gameplay of uh, controlling IG-88 and get to dual wield some blasters, just smoking fools. I mean, it looks, that one looks pretty neat to me. This, this is the one that I am most excited for absolutely Mm -hmm. not only that it's just a recognizable character but it's also like when i imagine star wars vr this is this is pretty up there where it's like man i can't wait to just be blasting fools and (laughs) just being like just being a badass you know because that's what 
that's what VR is all about, is it's making yourself feel like you're a much cooler and interesting thing or person than <laughs> you really are. Well, with the IG unit, like their head is like swivels around and that seems like a like the the VR would be perfect for that. It's an awesome feature, yeah. Literally just look around and, you know, like a, a lot quicker than you could like move a controller or something yeah. like that. But yeah, that one seems that one seems really cool, but and uh to uh, you know, be IGADA, I I can't think of a lot of times where we've heard his voice like in in, you know, canon stuff, so it's cool to see that they all kind of sound the same. A lot of the IG, yeah. uh, IG units sound the same. But the one that really gets me excited uh, is the tale of Adi Sunzi uh, in the secret gar- uh, the sacred garden, which is set in the High Republic era. Um, I am. This is the one that gets me the most excited. Being able to have the High Republic era represented in video games, I think is really neat. Granted, the gameplay itself doesn't look amazing. It looks kind of like you're just like a lightsaber slashing stuff, kind of Fruit Ninja style. Yeah. Um, but the I, I think just having the, the High Republic represented in any sort of material other than books and comics to me is just absolutely thrilling. So yeah, the, the <laughs> story was- around it is what's important there. Yeah, that one is the one that gets me uh, quite excited. So I think if I was going to, pick up any of these specifically i know they're all in one game but if i was to kind of put my money towards anything specifically it would be the uh the high republic one because who doesn't want to have a lightsaber that, that sounds great that's true i mean i i always think of the uh i think of two things i think of the xbox connect star wars game uh, uh i've let it see that's where we're different because i never think of the xbox connect but <laughs> but uh more importantly i think of the uh the star wars game that i had that was a motion sensor like i i think we've talked about this before it was it was a contained like plug and play game where the motion sensor that you would put like above the tv was a it was a remote droid, like a like one of the training droids. Nice. And it came with this stubby little lightsaber that basically acted like a Kinect wand or like a PlayStation yeah. Eye or a Wii remote. Yeah, uh, it yeah. was the stubby little lightsaber, and you would train as you would train as a Jedi, and you basically went through the entire uh, like prequel trilogy, um, and you'd have to fight all the bosses like to go up the levels and stuff. And I remember the last boss was Anakin after he had become Vader. And yeah. I'll have to find some gameplay for you to watch because it's hilarious. Cause you can only do a few different actions. You can slice straight down, uh, straight up, uh, side to side or diagonally. And you had yeah. to like do certain combos to like actually win the, the level it was brutal. It's so hard, but I remember having so much fun. Well, it's great to see that technology has advanced beyond that point because that sounds we have in, we yeah we have <laughs> indeed come further than that. I'll show you. I'll show you sometime. It's boy, it holds a special place in my heart. Maybe we'll have to pick up a copy of it and do some kind of like Patreon exclusive. Oh my god! Oh this, my god! I don't game. even want to think about that. I I literally, if I could find that for like ten bucks somewhere. Boy, howdy, I'd play the, the crap out of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the meantime, Noah, while you look on, while you scour the, the dark web trying to find this weird plug and play game, uh, you can watch a trailer for Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales, which has released its first official trailer 
uh, on Lucasfilm, they, uh, they, they, they showed us our first look at this upcoming series. We talked about it a little while ago, but it's great to actually see some footage of this. Uh, it was announced, I believe, early last month, and it will debut on Disney Plus next month. So, Noah, what did you think of this trailer? Um, honestly, so great. I, yes. I was just so excited the whole time. One, uh, there are some pretty good jokes in the trailer. I'm glad to mm-hmm. see that, like, that that hasn't gone away. And it's also like not as corny as maybe the, the, the holiday special was, um, some super good jokes. The concept is incredible. Um, I like that we are getting, you know, more post episode nine stuff, which is great regardless of its canonicity. It's still, you know, an interesting world that deserves to be explored in whatever facet. Um, but it's, it also just looks really, really interesting and good. Like I can't imagine, I cannot imagine not having a good time, you know? Yeah. I've talked about before my excitement just in really any facet of having star Wars and horror stuff mixed together, but this trailer specifically just really, it made me so thrilled that we are able to have something like this and explore certain areas and certain narrative threads that I really was not expecting. One of which in particular uh, is following Ben Solo and the Knights of Ren. And we oh my have goodness uh, gracious, yeah. Slater himself portraying Ren, which to see not only one in Lego form, uh, but two also like explored in kind of this visual media as opposed to the comic books. Um, it's really cool to see that character explored more and really honestly to get more Ben Solo in any capacity. Um, I'm so thrilled that we're going to explore that area. But even that aside, it seems like we're really like the holiday special showing love to all different corners of Star Wars. Absolutely. You know, not only are we getting the comic books with the Knights of Ren story, but we're getting the prequels with Darth Maul and some of the Night Sisters. We're getting some original trilogy love with kind of this strange what if story, which is funny because we just talked about what if. Yeah, last we week. did. But, <laughs> you know, what if Luke, you know, became an Imperial pilot, stuff like that. Like that seems like this really fun, you know, sense of play that yeah. the, the Lego films seem to have. And it seems like they're really just throwing whatever at the wall and just having, you know, really no told no holds bar because of the, you know, the canonicity of it all. They're really able to go in all these different corners of the galaxy, which I think is so fun. Yeah, I do think though that there are some ideas and we can talk about it later when we talk about like TV and movies and stuff. Um, but there are some ideas, at least it seems to me, my little my tinfoil hat is on. Um, you might want to slide that guy on as well. Uh, a chin chin strap on. Yep. Click. It seems to me that they, that these Lego specials are taking ideas that are being kicked around at Lucasfilm and planting seeds of, and I'm not wanting, I'm not saying this just because I want things to be true. Um, but it seems like they're planting these seeds of like, well, this story does exist in you know what we know as star wars and there is more to tell here because it would be a huge bummer to think well we're gonna see a lot of you know stuff about the knights of ren and then for that you know for lucasfilm to say yeah was that was great wasn't it also please remember disregard everything you've seen because it has no bearing on anything ever like no that's kind of gonna be my 
that's going to be my go-to extracurricular knowledge about the Knights of Ren to be like, well, you know, not, not entirely, you know, however the story is going to go like, not exactly like this, but there's, you know, enough reason to believe that this is what's happening right now at this point in the timeline or whatever. Um, getting more of that information is very exciting. Yeah. And it's, it's always great to go in some of the origins of, you know, what made Ben turn to Kylo Ren and, and seeing this, you know, uh, band of weirdos <laughs> kind of corrupt them it's been covered in the comics yeah. um, but I'm, I'm curious to see if it's going to be done so more thoroughly maybe in this in this uh show i'm wondering if they're just adapting those comics or if they're showing different stories i i don't want to spoil uh much because i don't i don't think you've you've read those comics but they're like i said any ben solo in really any capacity is really thrilling um and i yeah, if we're not going to get him in in the movies, and he's not going to show up as a force ghost in any future stuff, I mean, who's to say that that won't happen? But in the meantime, I'm super excited to see all that. Um, what other areas of this trailer um, excited you, other than some of the the other than the Ben Solo of it all? Um, I think, I think that like all in all, seeing seeing like different we talked about this a little bit, but seeing different corners and knowing that there's like, there's love being paid to, um, to, to people or like to specific points in time, like the night sisters and mall. Um, which is Mm -hmm. funny because the last time we talked about, uh, the Skywalker saga Lego game, I was like, man, I'd love to see mall with robot legs. Uh, and like, I'd love to play as mall with robot legs. Here we are with, you know, the terrifying (laughs) tales seeing mall with robot legs yeah. um I'm also now that you say that i'm thinking maybe can you imagine how cool it would be to play as the night sisters oh it'd be and insane instead of like you know like you're a jedi character and you walk up next to a thing that can be built and it kind of glows and you can yes. like use the force that'd be so cool to be able to use like magic, magic. Like dark yeah side magic and stuff like that oh my gosh i mean if you can play as yaddle who's to say you can't play as mother talson like that would just be the bee's knees i the, day one copy buying that game that would be fantastic yeah but that's kind of where i'm at is like of course i love the 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 knights of ren stuff cuz that's a big deal um but like the uh the holiday special did is it's like okay we're not just focusing on you know this one little portion we're going to go back to all of it that's sure. that's what i think i'm most excited for and it's like this is the first trailer that we've gotten and it's not shy about that. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It seems like it's fully embracing. Right. Like when we, when we got the holiday special, it was kind of like, okay, there's bits and pieces here and there. Um, and then like watching it, it's like literally second after second frame after frame is like, Oh my goodness. There's so much happening with like just being bombarded with different eras of, of things, um, that kind of came out of nowhere. But like this seems intentional in a way that i think is very exciting yeah i can't wait to see it and we'll be sure to talk about it uh, it's going to be in the, the peak of spooky season which is absolutely my jam uh so i would be thrilled to meld those those two worlds there um but speaking of little goodies i guess i don't know 
Yeah. Segway, Segway needs a little bit of work. <laughs> but <laughs> Hasbro um, at their Star Wars fan first live stream has revealed some new little collectibles. Uh, we've got a Force FX lightsaber uh, of Ray Skywalker. We've got some new Black Series figures from The Mandalorian and new vintage collection figures, including a retro-inspired prototype Stormtrooper. So Noah, um, I attached a link to this uh, to the show notes here to give you a like, give you a little bit of look here of you know what these figures look like while we're talking about them. Oh, oh I took a I took a look at it. Don't don't you even you worry. Took, I took, took a look at it. You took a gander. He he feast your eyes on all of these figures. Yeah, but looking at them here, which one of them are you excited for? Because I think that there's some really cool looking stuff here. Well, the Mandalorian. Uh, black series figure is obviously great. Um, which is interesting because I know you have a little Mando guy. I do. That was the first, like I, I love to do the forced Friday things. That's like, I, I love going out for forced Friday and buying at least something. Um, this year I, uh, well not this year, uh, when Mandalorian came out, I bought like just a little black series figure of Mando. Cause I, I thought he was, was super neat. And I also got some, uh, some, uh, Jedi fallen order stuff as well. Yeah. It's coming out at the same time. Um, but the black series figure that you're referring to now is from the second episode, the Mudhorn episode. And we've got little, Grogu himself, uh, the little pram that he's in, the big hairy egg, yeah, <laughs> uh, and a very a very dirty Mando. Um, I think out of all of them, this is the one that I would consider most buying. This is really really neat. Even it's though super it's neat. Very similar to the figure that I already have. Uh, the very fact that it comes with a big hairy egg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just want to get little Jawas and like, you know, have them like, you know, attacking this big egg. It's I would love to fantastic. see I would love to see the product of like Garrett bored on an afternoon with, you know, this figure, the hairy egg, a couple Jawa yeah. figurines and then like take them all into the kitchen and crack open a real <laughs> egg and just see what kind of like little yeah, artsy look. pictures Garrett's going to take to make Good this little my- scene. Java figures all nice and sticky. <laughs> yes, nice. Um, that one, I, I it looks great, and it's a yeah. really interest. I think it's an interesting pull to be like, yeah, this is like the look that we want to make into a figurine. Um, but speaking of sure. the look, um, the retro Mandalorian uh, that is more closely inspired by the uh, the holiday special Boba Fett yeah. is incredibly interesting i think that that's very like it's strange because nobody's gonna buy that and be like oh this is from the blah 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 whatever and it's mandalorian because it's kind of just like a it's an amalgamation of a bunch of different things but it's so slick yeah it's really it's really neat looking it's kind of reminds me of like i don't know if you've seen the um like there's this there's one for Predator. NECA does them. There's a Predator one and there's a Jason Voorhees one where there are these figures that are from like old video games. The Predator one is like the the temperature thermal vision that he has. And yeah. It's, it's him, but he's all of these different colors. And then the Jason Voorhees one is like from the old kind of uh, arcade video games. It kind of reminds me of that, like this 80s kind of like if there was to be like an 8-bit video game of The Mandalorian, like this is what that would look like. I right. Think it, it, I think it is very fun and maybe it can inspire Mando to, you know, 
go go full Sabine. Cover, yeah, like, it's start, it's very stuff up. It's very like color solid. You know, it's not it's not trying to be like hyper realistic with coloring. It's right. I just think that's very interesting. Um, so not to uh, bury the lead here, but we've got this really the thing that I saw the people online getting the most excited for was this black series uh, uh, elite lightsaber, the FX elite lightsaber of one Miss Ray Skywalker. It's the yellow blade that she wields at the end of the rise of Skywalker has a retail price of two hundred and sixty four dollars and ninety nine cents. And it'll be available uh, spring of twenty twenty two as someone who does own a lightsaber. Um, I don't, do you, I don't think you own any of these, the real nice Hasbro ones. Is this I certainly one, don't. Is this going to be one that you fork the cash over for? I certainly won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not because I hate Ray's lightsaber, not because I hate Ray, not because I hate episode nine. Um, yeah. but I like, I'm just Im- imagining coughing up. and being like come home and your wife looks at you like what yeah and I'm like this is what I have to show for it it's (laughs) this that we see for two seconds and you know we don't really know anything else about it I don't know like I guess for for people that are doing cosplays this is great because it's real nice and official and pretty uh, and expensive and it also has this really very expensive. It has this neat uh, touch that I don't know if the one at Galaxy's Edge has, but you can cycle the lightsaber and it flashes the green and the blue. Yeah, like in the in the hilt, which you can see briefly in the movie. And I I think that that's a really nice touch. Uh, I will not be purchasing this lightsaber. Uh, uh, I don't really have the 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 money. Uh, to, uh, <laughs> oh, you don't to say. Just, to just like be like, you know what? I'm just going to completely blow it on, on a lightsaber right now. Um, uh, I, I, I do, I, I would like to get, uh, one from galaxy's edge. Um, but that's, that's different. I feel it's my yes. lightsaber, you know, it's, it's, right. it's mine, but I will say, I love that this is out there and available for people because I know that there are a lot of passionate, uh, fans of Ray Skywalker, um, and of this lightsaber in particular, I know when I'm playing Battlefront 2, I actually really like having this skin and being a Ray Skywalker with that neat yellow blade. I think that that's really unique and different. And I love how it incorporates her, her staff and, you know, ties her to, to her beginnings. And I, 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 I think it's really fun. And this, uh, this, you know, saber looks great. You know, it looks like something that would be like screen used other than the giant plastic blade sticking out of it oh you know yeah no but you're right the i like as i'm looking at it i love i do love the design i think the Mm -hmm. my favorite part is the emitter um it's wild but i'm in the same boat this isn't something that i feel like i can purchase in good faith knowing that one i've always wanted to build my own lightsaber out of like home depot parts you know (laughs) like i i have like two or three like files saved on my computer that are like all these different schematics for like, here's all the parts that you need and blah, blah. blah. And I'm just like, man, one day, one day I'm going to, I'm going to like buy shoot me this. Cause I'm just imagining you like just whacking around a PVC pipe. That's <laughs> the thing like, is like, <laughs> yeah, no, I have, I have a really good one saved where I'm like, I bet I could do this. You know, I've always wanted to do that first. And then like, secondly, I'd love to build uh, you know, something at galaxy's edge, because that would be incredible. And I'd pour a lot of money into that. Right. Thirdly, I would love a replica because 
I think that Obi-Wan's lightsaber uh, is baller. Um, yeah. My favorite lightsaber, fun fact. Yeah, Obi-Wan's no. Lightsaber which which one, from episode one or episode three? Uh, his Revenge of the Sith one. Okay. He goes He goes through a couple. Um, yes. But his, the one that he has in Revenge of the Sith, as well as A New Hope, is, is my favorite lightsaber. I, I also I agree. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I the think Phantom Menace one is, is sick, though. And they do have a yeah. series of that as well. Well, so I remember owning that one. Um, I remember owning that one that like the toy one that you like, you know, you like whip it out. Whack your friend on the knuckles. Right. (laughs) But I remember specifically it had like the, the square bits on the, on the hilt of like the bottom of the hilt. I know you're talking about those things, man, they had sharp corners and (laughs) it was worse than getting hit with the blade. If you like accidentally caught your hand on that, if you were trying to do a cool spin move and like, (laughs) one of those like literally it's like a square spike <laughs> like, yeah just like a like a like a morning star yeah it <laughs> like is it's legit weapon. like a club just uh, lots of tears and like mom yeah <laughs> <laughs> no it hit me on the on the on the knuckles <laughs> and i'm like I'm, i didn't mean to i also remember having <laughs> silas had the one that was from revenge of the sith but the blade was more of a translucent that had a light on the yeah. inside um, right. but both of those lightsabers hold a very special place in my heart. Those would be like right. the replicas that I would buy before any, anything else. And unfortunately, Ray Skywalker's lightsaber goes to the bottom of the list, but that's just because, uh, I love Obi-Wan more than I love Ray. <laughs> I think out of any of the figures here, uh, that they released or the collectibles here that they released, the one that I would probably fork the cash over the, the one most uh, would be the 50th anniversary Lucasfilm Power of the Force uh, Princess Leia uh, Yavin 4 collectible. It's that so ridiculous. Really, really cool. It's it's crazy. It's it so looks good. so good, uh, but like she's also kind of buff, like because it's the Power <laughs> of the Force thing. So she's a little bit she's buff, young, man. Yeah, she's, she's over that metal to, to Han and just it's like, really just weird the whole way down. It's weird that it's her, that's like, that it's her ceremony outfit when like you would think maybe she'd be yoked in a different outfit, you know, but whatever. uh, The, the, I have a soft spot in my, my heart as, as you do for the lightsabers, uh, but I have them for Leia figures. I really like uh, Princess Leia as a character. I have many uh, Funko Pop, uh, Funko Pops of her and other figures. I already have the original like Black Series or not Black Series, uh, Power of the Force figure of princess leia and it would be cool to get something you know to commemorate the 50th anniversary of lucasfilm but uh, i'm excited to see if hasbro has any more stuff to announce but as i think it's this is a pretty good start i'm excited to 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 see these figures i'm hoping to get more prequel figures uh and maybe uh you know some other corners and some maybe some high republic stuff as well um, but I think that these are really cool and Mandalorian continues to be the absolute pinnacle of Star Wars merchandise right now. It is you know just how it is. Everywhere. <laughs> but it lends it lends to this idea that that we want to talk about that it's, you know, TV, yeah. Star Wars TV is is getting its due. Yeah. And in addition to that, we do have Star Wars coming to the big screen. We've got Patty Jenkins film uh, with Rogue Squadron. We've also got kind of this untitled Taika Waititi movie, maybe Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Who's who knows? I don't. Certainly not me. Does Ryan Um, Johnson? I don't know. He might. I don't know. Uh, let's get him on the show uh, and ask him. He probably Man, hasn't I asked wish. that like a million times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But I did want to talk about kind of the idea uh, to us as fans and kind of our reaction to this and what we would like to see, kind of the appeal of television or wanting to maybe have that, you know, gut reaction of wanting to keep Star Wars on the big screen. So in order to talk about all of this, I want to ask you what maybe your first reaction was to hearing that we would get Star Wars live action television because the Clone Wars had been out for a while. Rebels had been out for a while. We had also seen, you know, much older shows like the original micro series of Clone Wars, as well as, you know, uh, Star Wars droids and Star Wars has been on television is almost as long as it's been in the theater. Yeah. I wanted to ask what you thought of initially hearing they're going to make Star Wars, but with real people and you're going to be able to see it with your eyes once again yeah once again i think that what did you think there my original reaction to this was i i think it was kind of this like boy it's about time you know Mm -hmm. because i remember just growing up through all of these really really horrible like attempts at other ips moving from movies to to television and there's just so many shows that are connected to ips that feel like it's just you know cheap and it's a cash grabby thing and it's just trying to like just trying to resurrect this interest or just you know keep the heartbeat going i guess um and give whatever life it has left but with star wars it it felt like an underutilized um, or an untapped gold mine. And as the Mandalorian season one proved, uh, that mine was chock full of gold. And, you know, we've got so much more down the pipeline that yeah. it, it almost feels, and obviously we'll talk about this, but it almost feels like um, for the stories that want to be told right now, um, I think that this is the preferred media and it it lends itself better to this media. Um, and I think that a lot of that, I'll say it right now, is a reaction to the performance of Rogue One and Solo. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I which honestly... We, which we will get into, for yes, sure. I honestly don't think that the sequel trilogy has much to do with why or how Star Wars ended up saying, like, let's move to the smaller screen and tell a longer, bigger story. I don't think the sequel trilogy has any bearing on that. Um, Sure. But I think that a lot of things have come together to show that there is potential for a lot of people to come together to work on something brand new that can be in a different facet, and TV has come a long way. Um, We've talked a lot recently about kind of what HBO has done with, with miniseries and with shows, to make TV feel not even like TV anymore. You know what I mean? Sure. And right. I think that that Disney Plus has hit its stride with with giving that kind of experience with Star Wars. Yeah, I think um I, I, I understand your initial reaction because I also felt that of like hearing that Star Wars was going to be on the big screen, I was excited, but I was also like, I just don't want this to feel like TV. No, exactly. I think that there are plenty of shows, um, maybe pre Breaking Bad. Um, you know, like even like the the Sarah Con- uh, Connor Chronicles, which is like a good show um, and has its merits. 
there are things in that that feel like TV. They don't feel like something you would see in a movie or you would go back and look at like some early superhero shows like Smallville or something like that. It feels like a television show. It doesn't quite feel like something you would go see in a cinema. And I was just really hoping that Star Wars wouldn't also have that. Not to say that there can't be smaller stories in Star Wars, um, but I wanted that to be a specific choice and not like a budgetary constraint. I was wanting to see Star Wars explore different corners and things like that, um, but not necessarily do so in a way that felt like it didn't fit into everything else. Because yeah, Star Wars yeah. is so cinematic. Um, and as we saw with The Mandalorian, Disney really wanted this to feel like a movie, wanted it to feel like this just... 13 hour long movie where you're be able to be with these characters and the effects are incredible and they're really putting everything that they have into the series selling the figures selling t-shirts and all of these things you know where it's it's everywhere and being able to see something like that really succeed maybe where Rogue One or even Solo I think Solo is probably the the easiest one to pick on which we can talk about here but I I think where maybe those movies fell short, not necessarily like the the outcome of the movie, but solo in regards to the box office and what we saw there, I was so glad that we were able to kind of shift to seeing these stories told on the television screen because I don't think if Solo would have crushed and Solo would have been a big box office hit, I don't think that we would be getting Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus as a television show. I think it probably would have been a movie. And to be honest, I think that that's like a happy accident. I'm really excited to see that show as this, you know, eight episode long movie or six episode long movie or whatever it is, being able to spend as much time with that character as possible and, you know, not be able, not necessarily be as concerned with, well, how much money did this one make? And, and you know, all the things that we heard with Solo, which I know was because of box office, because of marketing, because of a lot of things. But I truly think that if Solo would have started on Disney Plus, it probably would have been more successful. Like, what you, do you, do you, am I crazy here? I think that there's definitely merit to that. And it's hard because we do know what we have and it's hard to imagine what we could have had instead. Um, because if I'm thinking just based on what I know and what we have, then I'm like, well, yeah, I wouldn't have cared to see that for even longer. Do you know what I mean? But that's, that's unfair to it. I think to, to discount it because it's like, okay, the main issue here is how much story can we tell in this limited amount of time? Sure. And And I truly believe on that point that Rogue One and Solo would benefit those projects specifically would benefit in being a television format because some of my issues with both of those movies I feel could be addressed with rogue one. I wish some of the other characters got a bit more play and the whole, you know, team felt really fleshed out because I feel like there's a lot of things kind of left on the table. Um, with solo, I felt like they really tried to squeeze a lot of elements that one would expect to see in a Han Solo movie in, you know, just like a under two hour film that if you were able to do multiple seasons or something like that, you don't have to be like, okay, he got his blaster. He met Chewbacca. He did the, he got the millennium Falcon. He did the Kessel run. Uh, he did all of these things in, you know, a week, you know, right, <laughs> if you're right. able to uh, separate it over several seasons, those things to me would feel a bit more organic. 
I, I definitely agree. And that's kind of, I think, the the reason that we're in the place that we're at right now, because these, I think these stories, the people that are telling these stories want to tell much larger stories. And the, you know, regardless of how you, how a person feels about the Mandalorian or about whatever, um, Disney delivered on what they, you know, boasted that they were capable of. They delivered on giving something cinematic that says, there is now a standard here where we can accomplish something in this format, um, you know, the, in, in a way that hasn't been done before and people are going to like it. People are just going to like it. And it's, it almost becomes a little bit cynical because uh, we're, you know, I think we're a little bit spoiled with, with how much we got in the Mandalorian sure. season one to a point where season two, I know like myself and I know you feel this way about some things that's like, well, that episode kind of felt very empty, you know? And the the reality is, as much as that is probably true, the reality is that it would feel even emptier if this was, you know, if, it, if we were seeing this in a theater, in a movie format. Yeah. So I think that's as good a point as any to transition to talking about movies, because when Disney acquired Star Wars, I think that they had full intentions of you know, maintaining that cinematic experience. And now that we were able to finish the sequel trilogy, I truly believe that they had anticipated after the sequel trilogy had wrapped up to continue to making those quote unquote Star Wars stories like we got with Rogue One and Solo. And after Solo didn't do quite as well as they maybe had wanted it to, I really felt like Disney kind of irrationally jumped ship and they really just you know called the whole thing off even though Rogue One was a huge success and they went on from that year to year model where every single year you would be getting a new Star Wars movie they kind of went away from that to where now we're getting a lot more uh, television shows so I want to ask when the Star Wars movies were announced to be year to year or even maybe a couple a year because I know that idea was thrown around as well how did you feel about that? Did you feel like kind of the specialness of Star Wars would be taken away? Did you want that year to year time or did you want even more time to where it's like every other year or, you know, three years in between movies like it was when, you know, back with the original trilogy and even the prequel trilogy? How did you kind of feel about the idea of getting so many Star Wars movies so close to one another? I think it was it's interesting thinking of growing up in a time where the prequels were the big deal and knowing like, OK, we got to kind of ration these because we only get so much. And I, I didn't feel, I, I would say I didn't feel like it was being, um, it was, you know, kind of being desensitized, um, where we were just getting so much that none of it mattered. It did feel like there was appreciation there that was due. That was like, finally, Marvel isn't the only thing that is, you know, that's dominating the the seasonal sure. blockbusters and we can finally get some Star Wars stuff and I think at that point it was just kind of a, you know, more is more and Star Wars is Star Wars type thing. I mean, obviously we've seen how it has played out, but we're still spoiled regardless. We yeah. are still spoiled, yeah. you know. I think that's kind of okay. where I was at um when we got this idea even I would say this it almost now that I'm thinking about it almost in turn, like in consequence, like my feelings towards rogue one aren't 
the most positive. They're not horrible, but they're not the most positive. Mm -hmm. But I know like, okay, I'm not going to have to wait another three years to see what Star Wars has for me next. I can sure I can kind of let this one slide and I'll be back at the end of the year, you know, and that's I think that's kind of where I was at. Yeah, and I think the idea for myself of having Marvel kind of, you know, be adopted to the Star Wars format to where you're getting not just one or two, but, you know, this year we've got Black Widow, we've got Shang-Chi, we've got Spider-Man, we've got The Eternals. On top of the TV shows that we get, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. So much content. And, and Marvel has perfected that, and they've done it really, really well. Maybe not everything is a complete home run, but they have perfected this idea that when when you go see something and it's kind of built into it with the post credit scenes right but when you see something you immediately go okay what's next yeah and yeah. what's the next thing and to me i would hate to see that in star wars because i like sitting and ruminating on the thing and enjoying that thing especially with the movies with tv shows a bit different i feel you know you can enjoy that season but immediately get excited because something else is coming out soon where you know we just finished bad batch and we enjoyed that but being able to be like oh but visions is just down the road like that's very exciting to me though the movies are especially when they come out on christmas time and you would go with family or whatever to go see these movies for myself it came out usually around my birthday um, and I got to see Force Awakens when I turned 16 and I saw, you know, nearly every movie a day before the day of or the day after my birthday. Like that was so exciting to me and it felt like a, a gift. Yeah, specifically. <laughs> um, and I, I would hate for three or four Star Wars movies to come out a year and for fans to go. Okay, well, we just finished Obi-Wan. What's next? You right. know, like I, right. I want fans to be able to really enjoy that thing. And maybe it's a part of me that is, you know, feels Star Wars is so sacred because we didn't get all of these things every year when I was a kid, you know, and Revenge of the Sith ended. It's like, okay, well, that's it. You know, like, yeah, you can have TV shows and some video games and things like that. But as far as the movies go, that's it. That's why it was so exciting to see Star Wars come back in 2015 and to be able to go see this movie that I didn't think would ever happen. And I think it's natural that Disney paid a lot of money <laughs> to buy this thing and they're going to want to make as much money and you know content out of that IP that makes sense to me but as far as the movies go more than one a year i think is almost asking or inviting that sense of okay what's next yeah no i agree and for me, that that one a year is just enough time to where you can watch that thing enjoy it the full year or think about it or talk about it that full year and then right when you think that you're kind of, you know, about to move on, the trailer comes out for the new one and you start getting excited for the next one. And it's just kind of this cycle that to me is so special. And I would hate to kind of spoil. I that. think that's true. And I, I think that maybe the downside is that we have all this intermediary content in the TV shows and, and whatnot. Um, I think for now, it does a good enough job of feeling somewhat separate because we know that that we're going to have just a, a smorgasbord of different stories um, to yeah. where that doesn't feel like it is the continuation of something else. It's kind of contained. It's separate. It's it is what it is right now. But I do know, I mean, we're going to be we're going to be flooded with stuff soon enough. And I mean, it doesn't help that 
I, the ending of the Mandalorian season two is immediately, Hey, but this is coming out Christmas. So mark your calendars. And then beyond that, it's like, okay, we're also going to announce that Ahsoka is having her show that is directly connected to this. So you got to wait for that too. And so having all those things on your radar, you're right. Does make the, the things that we get, uh, presently, um, it, it detracts focus in a way that that builds this idea of like, okay, well, on to the next thing so quickly, you know? Sure. I, I want to ask, when you think of the idea of a new TV show or a new movie, is this inha- is there this inherent sense that you're more excited for the movie or, or more excited for TV shows, or does it really depend on what the project is? I think knowing what we're going to get, it somewhat depends on what the project is because like I'm, I am busting out of my pants excited for the acolyte, but I'll tell you one thing I will just patiently wait for, uh, for rogue squadron to come out. Your pants are hemmed. Yeah. <laughs> just, for rogue squadron. I zipped them right back up. I stitched the back, the, you know, like, and, and again, Oh, the, the back is what busted. Okay. All of it busted. I <laughs> <laughs> split right from front to back. So I had to, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, sure. No, but like, I, and this isn't, I, uh, we obviously don't know a ton about what Rogue Squadron is going to be like, but I'm just not impressed with Patty Jenkins. And it's not that I don't have faith in this project. And it's not, certainly not that I don't have faith in Patty Jenkins. It's, that on a on a primal level, I'm protective of Star Wars, and uh, and Wonder Woman eighty four really bummed me out. You know, I, and yeah. that's not to say that this is a that it's a representation of Patty Jenkins' entire capabilities, but sure. I know that if I'm weighing all these things and I'm thinking like, okay, well, I'm I am excited excited for Ahsoka because I love this character and I love this story and blah blah blah, you know, or. I am excited for the acolyte because it seems really new and interesting and, and rogue squadron doesn't seem very new. It seems a little bit more like just the other side of a coin we've already seen or, you know, and it's, you know, it's being helmed by, you know, by a person that I'm going to have to be like, okay, like show me what you got instead of waiting to be surprised, like weighing these different things. It does depend on what the, what the project is on, but even though I just went on that entire rant about my pants absolutely busting open, <laughs> I, I movies are different. Movies are still different for me. And yeah, as excited as I am about Kenobi, you know, like just knowing that there is a Star Wars movie that is going to have so much to talk about and just really, really thoughtful and provocative characters and choices and things. Movies are inherently different. They still are. Um, maybe like the cynic in me tells me that there's a point down the road where all these things are going to become synonymous and eventually series will overshadow movies because movies are shorter and more tightly contained. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. and the only thing that's going to blow anybody out of the water is another trilogy, but, or blow any pants or blow any pants. My pants won't be busted until, until we get a sweet trilogy. I, I, I think we're not at that point yet, but you know, who's to say that Disney plus isn't going to warmonger the media, uh, the media like hemisphere that we have, uh, here in <laughs> star Wars land and just absolutely yeah. dominate, you know, in that, 
I guess, content space. Who's to say? I don't know. It's confusing and it's scary. That's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) New stuff is scary. It's scary. Um, For myself, I think that it's, although it's, I feel very dependent on the project, I feel that there is this inherent sense that I, movies are almost in a different class for me. Yeah. Yeah. In regards to, I'll say this. Not knowing what the project is, I can tell you that a movie that has Star Wars in it versus a TV show that has Star Wars in it, the movie is a bit higher at a default for me. I'm automatically a bit more excited for that. But what gets the TV one over that kind of that hump there is the whatever the subject is. So I've said here the Obi-Wan TV show is my most anticipated form of media entertainment in ever. Like, <laughs> not ever. <laughs> not ever. I meant like, like currently, like currently, like, yes. Currently, there's nothing that is upcoming in any video game, TV show, whatever, <laughs> flip book, whatever you want to <laughs> say, that I am more excited than the Obi-Wan series. Yeah. But I, I think the very fact that there are so many TV shows and the movies are so few and far between, I inherently get a bit more excited for the movie theater. And I will say that it's interesting that Patty Jenkins is a part of this because recently she had a quote where she talked about these kind of TV, almost kind of made for TV movies. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. She was saying that these movies that go straight to streaming don't feel like real movies. And to me, that came off as very uh, tone deaf, for one, and sounded quite um, uh, pretentious. I I would have to agree with you. But I will say that if a Star Wars movie was coming out and it was just going to go to Disney+, Plus, I'd be bummed. I'd be bummed because going to the theater and the lights go down and you're with your friends and you sit there and for the next two hours or whatever you're in star wars you, for, you forgot you know, about the part to mention, like where uh, you forgot about the part where first everything is really quiet and it's completely black and then it's just like punches yeah. you in the face with that fanfare well, I, well that's what i was gonna say yeah. i don't know if that's gonna be coming back in regards to the small films and i kind of hope it sticks to just the trilogy yeah if it was if like if you want to do these one-off solo rogue one whatever I kind of like the trilogies. It doesn't have to be episode 10 or 11 and 12. If it's Ryan Johnson's trilogy or if they make a, uh, I guess I, I'm, I'm kind of in the weeds here because I would rather. Mm, uh, uh, okay. I, I was going to. Okay. thinking. So Garrett's thinking. He's stinking thinking. so much. He's thinking. P.U. <laughs> I was thinking that I don't necessarily want there to be okay we're making three rogue squadron movies. right i'd right. rather it be we make one and if we really like it make more but i love the idea that ryan johnson or whoever says i'm going to make these three movies and i have an idea of what i want the story to be in all three of them that's exciting to me but i do think that there is something special and i don't want it to just be in anything to where that what you're talking about that long time ago, galaxy far, far away. And then the, you know, the, the theme comes yeah. in like that is magic. It's magic. It is, like, it is bottled. Like it is bottled magic. I can clearly remember being 16 for my birthday, watching force awakens at 2 AM on my birthday. That theme comes in. I had tears. 
I was crying. I was so excited. Like there are not, I, I like the Mandalorian and I liked Bad Batch, but like hearing the Disney, like the, twang, the yeah. little thing and then, you know, the theme comes on with the helmets and stuff like that. I get excited and there's a bit of me that's like, cool, new Star Wars stuff for sure. But it just doesn't really hold a candle no, it doesn't. to that experience. However, <laughs> <laughs> all that to say, that's not to discount what's happening on television. And that's not to say that they don't feel like real movies or real projects or whatever. It's just a different medium. You know, that would be like a painter saying that, oh, if you draw with pencil, it's not real art. Right. It's like, well, no, it's a different tool. Television and movies are able to facilitate different things because televisions are longer formats. That's why I'm excited specifically that Obi-Wan is on on TV because I think you can explore more there versus on a, on a, a, on a film. Um, Rogue Squadron might work great on a movie or I might walk out of that saying, you know what? That should have been a TV show. There are plenty of movies that I've seen recently that like that should, be, should have been a TV show. That would be so good as a TV show. Um, but I, 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 I want this, the, the sacredness of the movies to be maintained. And I, uh, even though I'm cautiously optimistic for rogue one, cause I think all this to say, I think Patty Jenkins is putting a lot of heart into this movie. Uh, what she had mentioned about her father, it seems like a very personal movie for her. I really loved the first wonder woman. I didn't care for 84 really at all. Um, some of the comments that she's made recently, I found a little disappointing, but Rogue One, I am excited for because Star you Wars Rogue is Squadron. Going to be back on the. What did I say? Rogue Rogue One, Rogue Squadron. I'm excited for because that means Star Wars is back at the theater. Yeah, and someday in the future, I'm going to nuzzle in there with my friends and go see Star Wars on the big screen. I mean, like, what? There's nothing more exciting to me than that. Even with the Marvel movies, and I know Marvel movies has like kind of a different place in my in my heart. But because I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up with Marvel movies as much as I, you know, I didn't grow up with the MCU. Right, right. Um, I mean, I kind of did. Iron Man came out when I was nine, but Star Wars is special in a different way because we're not getting four movies a year and TV shows. We're getting a couple TV shows and then one seems like one movie every four years. Right, so, I yeah. mean, that is going to it's going to automatically kind of have this different space in my heart for sure. Yeah. I think the last thing that I want to say about this is I, I've, and I told you a little bit about this. I've heard a lot of rumors recently about like what the next movies could entail. And we've heard, there's been a few rumors about like a Finn prequel series. Um, and none of these rumors sure. hold a lot of weight, but like a Finn prequel series that could be a live action series or movies. And then we've heard there's been some rumors about, uh, a Ben Solo episode 10, 11, and 12, effectively. It's mm -hmm. just, there are these things where we're placing a lot of hope in the movies. And I guess with these rumors circulating and, and, and things like that, I want to see new stuff. And it's, I, I, I agree with you. It's just going to be flat out special when we do. I think that's where, yeah. that's where I'm at right now. And we'll see how the landscape changes, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, that's I think for myself in regards to like the Ben Solo of it all or the fan or whatever the rumor is this week, I think my, kind of my rule of thumb with the movies is I would rather go either forward or way backward. Yeah, yeah. Way backward. I think that that from for myself, 
the episodes have always been kind of like the way I visualize it is like these little pillars or these, you know, these big pillars, like episode, you know, uh, the force awakens is a big pillar. And in between that, there's little books and comics and television shows, and there's video games and things to kind of fill in the gaps in between what happens in these big pillars. And I want the movies to be the pillars and the television shows, not that they're less significant or less better. I would rather them kind of color in the details there because that's exactly what the TV shows provide for me is a little bit more detail, whether it's a Finn TV show or a Ben Solo TV show or whatever it is, if you're going to spend that much time with a character that you've already established, I would rather be on a TV show versus a movie because I feel like you are able to explore things more. If you want to do a character study, why not do it on a TV show where you have that that room to really explore and experiment and keep those movies for maybe in 15, 20 years in episode 10, um, or probably, let's be honest, probably about 10 years. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> um, five to 10 years, 10, yeah. Or what I think is far more exciting, a High Republic movie or an Old Republic movie or something like that, really showing something new, even though it's old, it's new. You know, that to me is what is going to get me so excited to go see Star Wars on the big screen. Rogue One, or Rogue, see, I keep doing that, Rogue Squadron, I'm excited for, but I think that the movies that are going to make me like freak out excited are the ones that are, you know, those big pillars. Maybe Rogue Squadron will be that because it is in the future. It's post episode nine. Maybe it'll be that, uh, um, you know, you know, when that first trailer comes out and I'm losing my mind, you know, I'll probably eat my words yeah, there. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to seeing what those next pillars are going to be, because I do think that there is a difference, not that one's better or greater than the other but they serve different narrative purposes. And I'm excited to see what Lucasfilm chooses, you know, not that this story's more significant. So it needs to be on the big screen. No, Obi-Wan is a pretty significant character, but but I feel like it's chosen for right. What, what content do they put their chips into and into the way it's going to tell the story? Yeah. And why Yeah, that's, that's to me is that's what makes me most excited and gives me the most confidence for sure. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you. I think that's a really good way of putting it. I don't know. I don't know if there's much more to say for me on that on that note. Well, Noah, if that's if you know what that means. I think we got nothing to say. So that's the end of the episode. That's it. We have to wrap up now. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We hope you learned something today. If there's any topics or bits of news you want us to cover, you can head over to our Twitter, shoot us a message at scumvillainpod. But for now, this has been Scum and Villainy with Noah DeGeorge. And Garrett McDowell. And may the force be with you. We will see you next time. See you guys.